warm, warm welcome. And it is a warm welcome as well, isn't it? Ceci Free Cheltenham. My name's Christian. And I am uh, the pastor. Oh, and the pastor here with my wife, Angie. And um, it's nice. We've got some interaction already. That's very good. So uh, we're going to continue the series of last week. So this is interesting now. See if you've remembered what happened last week or you've caught up online. Ooh, some questions coming out here. Um, so do you remember anything of what we did last week? If you weren't here last week, you're let off, by the way. Um, so that's fine. Uh, but if you were here last week, does anyone remember at, at all what we looked at? Not got a clue. Go on. Looking in the mirror. Did you look at yourself in the mirror much, Sharon? Oh, the reflection of the word. Very good, very good. Well done. I'll get you a bar of chocolate later. That's very good. Well done indeed. Yes, I looked at myself in the mirror this week and got a nasty surprise when I saw someone much older than I was expecting to see. Um, I didn't tell you that uh, last, last, last week that uh, I don't look at myself in the mirror. But when your hair falls out, you don't look at yourself in the mirror anymore. There's no point because you look in the mirror to see what your hair's looking like, don't you? Do you know if it's out of place or not? Yeah. Well, when you've got none, turns out you don't need to look in the mirror anymore. It's a huge, huge, huge saving of time. So uh, there you go. It's a recommendation for you. There you go. Well, you don't realize that sometimes there's a bit of food stuck on your face or something. <laughs> but the whole day. Okay, let's get straight into Scripture. Um, we are going to look at, uh, we're going to continue the series. We're going to talk about that now. So 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Here's where we're going to start today, um, and it says the following. The Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. This is when he's deciding on the next king after Saul. Who's it going to be? And he's looking at David. Um, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. That's Saul. The Lord doesn't see the, th the th things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Okay? So that's where we're starting from. So here's your next thing here. I'm going to go through a point where maybe you're on a bus and there's only two seats left. Um, who would you rather sit next to? You've got, uh, you've got two options coming up here. You've got an option here of, of, of a sweet lady or you've got an option of a hoodie person there. Who would you rather sit next to? That's your choice at this particular point. Any, anyone want to give me any, um, any choice? Uh, who would you go with? Don't say I'd rather stand. <laughs> That's not an option. You've got to sit down. Sorry? Uh, you, you're, that's very good. Well done. All right. Very good. No one wants to participate other than Sam, no? I keep looking at you. I won't. I won't. I'll make a point of not looking at you. Getting naughty already here. Henry, who would you sit next to? Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, probably the old lady. The old lady. Okay. Most people in a survey would pick the old lady, interestingly enough. Um, because why? Why do you think? Uh, she's probably not carrying the money. She's probably... <laughs> Fair point, fair point. But we don't know, do we? We don't know. She could have been just shopping at Wilkinson's and got herself a new cutlery set. You don't know. So uh, there we are. She's probably not, yes, so, you know, I'm not judging, um, but there we go. So um, let's just take you, take you back a bit. When I was, when I was a teacher, um, I had, oh, a number of characters, but there's this one person called Harry Harrison, all right? We'll call him that. 
just for, because, you know, we're on YouTube and everything. But that was also his name. And <laughs> Harry Harrison, right? Now, Harry, he, he, he would walk with a swag. You know, have you seen teenagers especially, but people, people generally, usually males, and they walk with a swagger. Have you seen that? And they're like this. So this is Harry Harrison, and he would walk around like this all the time. With it. And if, the longer you can make your arms, by the way, the more intimidating it is. He would, he would walk around like this. You had no one at your school like this, I bet. So this is Harry. Now he's going like And if you can pretend you're chewing as well, it gives that extra element of hardness. <laughs> I am king, and you better know about me. Yeah. So he's walk, he would walk around like this. He would smoke in the toilets. This was Harry. This was his life. This is how he was. And he was intimidating to everybody else in the year. Yeah, because he's kind of like tall, he's broad. He's, you know, he might have been like 15 years of age, but he looked like he was 22 by this point. And the way he carried himself was one of, I am the bee's knees, I am hard, I am puffed out, no one better take me on because I know about myself here. Yeah, that was who he was. One occasion, my... One of my maths posters, one of my nicest maths posters. You're thinking you can't get maths posters, but nice models, anyway. Fell off, uh, fell on the floor, just as the kids were coming in. And all of them, as they did, didn't think to pick it up, but just walked carefully around it. You know, you get the idea. But not Harry. Harry went out of his way to stand on the poster, squeeze his foot around like that, and put a big tear around it, like that. And then laughed about it in my face. That's Harry for you. How do you think I felt about Harry? Positive, yeah. <laughs> oh, the love of Jesus was just flowing out of me at this particular point. How many times did he push my buttons? I don't know. But his mum was called into school time and time again to talk to the head of year about his behaviour. And this one occasion, he, she came in, she goes, look, I know he's going... I know he's a handful at school, but I walked into his bedroom the other day and he was sobbing. Now, that was Harry. What was going on on the inside of Harry, nobody saw at school. Everyone saw this bravado. Everyone saw this big man who knew about himself. What his mum saw was something completely different. What his mum saw was him in bits because somebody, something was going on on the inside of him which he was really struggling with at that particular point. And what we see on the outside of people is often nothing like what's going on on the inside of people. So what we're looking at today is the way we see others. All right? So it is the second in the series. What we looked at yesterday, last week rather, was how does Jesus see you? Now we're going to look at how does Jesus see others, and, and in particular, how we will see others. Because the way we see affects everything. Okay, it will affect the way that we live. It will affect directly the way we deal with people. It will affect our relationships with them. And if we can get a hold of this message, if we can really get a hold of it, so that we can see the way Jesus sees, because that's the aim, then this will improve our relationships with people. This will improve our marriages. This will improve every single relationship you'll have with anybody, even the hardest ones where you find them just downright annoying. It will improve those relationships. Because the way we see others makes a huge, huge difference into the way we relate to others. Okay? It helps us believe for a better future for those around us as well. It helps us believe for salvation. It helps us 
to believe for healings and restorations in the people around us. That's why it's important. Does that sound good? Yeah, we're on board for this then. Yes, good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Because, as I say, everyone has a... I've not seen this yet, really, but everyone has a bit of a front. Did you know this? Everyone puts up a little... It's really easy to think that people have got it all together, right? I'm going to let you in on a secret. Nobody's got it all together. Nobody's all right. Nobody's always all fine on the inside. It's, it's, it's not a big secret for some people, but it is a, it's something that we all need to be aware of, okay? So don't feel bad if you don't have it all together, because nobody does, all right? Nobody's got it all sorted. Nobody's got the whole... Because if you have, here, I'd like the blueprints. And I think the only one, really, is Jesus. So that's why we need to look at him. People are excellent, however, at hiding their issues, aren't they? They're excellent at hiding their problems, their wounds, the things that they've got going on. And we all have these. So it's really important. In John 7, verse 24, Jesus says the following, Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Okay? Jesus sees people as they really are. And this is what I was talking about last week, that Jesus sees us as we really are. And therefore, we need to see him through those eyes. And we need to see ourselves through those eyes as well. Okay? So the person on the outside is often not the person on the inside. And to see through Jesus' eyes is the right way to do life. And it will change us and it will transform us in a really, really powerful way. Now, I'm going to pick on two particular ways in which Jesus saw. And then there's a whole load we could go through. We haven't got time. But the first one is that Jesus sees and saw with eyes of compassion. Okay? And we can see this again and again and again as we go through the scriptures. Matthew 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Matthew 14, 14 said, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Mark 1, verse 41 says, Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Every single time Jesus looked at somebody in the Gospels, he looked at them through eyes of love, through eyes of compassion. That's Jesus. Every single time he looked at anybody, he was looking at them in a way which was totally and utterly compassionate for them. Even though they got on his wick a little bit, he was still compassionate in his eyes. He always loved everybody. Jesus transformed people by seeing them as lovable, by seeing them as important, and by seeing them as valuable. Yes? I'll say that again, it's important. Lovable, important, and valuable. I was going to try and find something that began with a letter E, so it would spell out live, so you could remember it easier, but you'll just have to put up with live. <laughs> Lovable, important, and valuable. And that's how we said it. It's like the start of Liverpool, if that helps. Okay, so, yeah, I don't want to talk about Liverpool. So, <laughs> I went, mm. Ex yes, he saw them as excellent. Yes, I see what you were doing there. I thought you were saying Liverpool were excellent, which I <laughs> really 
as a Man United fan, didn't want to go and see. Um, but, you know, we've got 20 years to wait before we're going to get good again. <laughs> um, so, anyway, let's get back to the preach. Um, so, lovable. He saw them as important. He saw them as valuable. Okay? And that's the start of all of this. Because as he saw them with eyes of compassion, it was the start of something amazing happening for these people. It was the start of love flowing through him, and it was the start of a supernatural breakthrough for every single person. Yeah? You go through every single one of these times, he saw through eyes of compassion, and then he fed the 5,000. He saw through eyes of compassion, and he heals. He cleanses demons. He sees through eyes of compassion, and then the supernatural breaks out. That's why it's important, yes, because it, it, it's the beginning of genuine, sincere love flowing through us. And that's how we're called to live. It's the, it's the second of the two great commandments, if you like. Love God, love people. If we want to love people, we need to see them the way Jesus sees them. We need to look at them the way Jesus looks at them. And every single time, it is with a heart of love. It's through eyes of love. And that's absolutely crucial. Healings, lives were restored, people were saved, and it all started as he looked at them through eyes of compassion, through eyes of love. So if we reverted that onto ourselves, as we look at people the way Jesus does, as we value people, as we see them as important, as we see them as lovable, worthy of our time, a genuine love flows from us. Jesus' love flows from us. A love that's sincere, a love that's genuine, a love that goes the distance, a love that keeps on persevering in the toughest of times. And this love only, only, only comes from God himself. It never, ever gives up. This love sees beyond the behavior and it sees the actual person themselves. It goes beyond the behavior, and that's hard to go beyond someone's behavior, but it goes beyond the behavior and into the person's life themselves and the value of the person. And from there, God can move really powerfully. There was a story I heard once of a, um, a, a driver who was picking somebody up um, from the airport, a preacher up from an airport. This is uh, over in America. Um, and he picked up this preacher to preach at his own church, and they're driving back, and in front of them is a drunk driver going all over the road. It wasn't a pleasant sight at all. And the preacher guy talks, speaks to the guy driving and says, look at that idiot. They're all over the place. They're going to kill somebody if they're not careful. And the driver just prayed and said, Lord God, would you help that man now? Would you sort him out, would you help him to just get him healed, get him cleansed, give him a sober mind, or words to that effect. Instantly, the guy driving steadied up on the road and started driving properly. The preacher turned to the driver and went, you're preaching tonight. <laughs> because it, the, the two looked completely different. One was going, what an idiot, he can't drive. The other one's going, God can move. And God can do something about this, and God wants to do something about this. Looking through eyes of compassion makes a huge, huge difference in people's lives. In no other place in the Bible is God's compassion shown, God's value of us shown more than in the gospel itself. 
because that's where Jesus came and didn't just say, hey guys, I look at you and I see you with eyes of compassion. But he said, I value you so much that I'm going to die on a cross. And he does it through action. He does it through the most horrific situation possible. And he dies on a cross so that relationship with him, relationship with God himself can be brought about and that we can all enter into an eternity with him. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're watching online or you're here today, then uh, we'll give you an opportunity to respond to that most incredible option, that most incredible truth, in fact, because Jesus' relationship with us is the only one that has got a future and a hope. So that's the first one, compassion. The second one, and it's the only time we've got, but these were the big two I wanted to hear, was that Jesus sees our potential. So he looks at us through eyes of compassion, but he also looks at us as our potential. He looks at us through eyes of faith. Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, I think this goes, is the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. I like doing the voices. Sorry, just go with me. Um, they, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus didn't see what everyone else saw, okay? Everyone in Jericho that knew this man at this particular point would have known him as a thief, as a complete sinner, as someone who was greedy, someone who was a traitor. He didn't just work for the Inland Avenue. I mean, he worked for the Roman side of it, or he's pulling it in, and he's taking in a lot more than he should, okay? And they knew that. So that's how he got so wealthy. He was a wealthy man by dishonoring what he should have been doing. And so he's taken in a lot of cash all the time. And therefore, he's not greatly pleased by, or they're not, the rest of the, no, he said congregation there, the rest of the Jews aren't pleased by this man. They're not pleased with him because he's working for the enemy. They're also not pleased with him because he's actually taken in a lot more than he should be. So he's cheating the system completely and making a lot of money out of it. And that was how they viewed him. That was completely and utterly how they viewed him. And it is so easy to judge people when you see how they act, isn't it? Yeah. It's so easy to look at how people are and just go, man, would you look at that or would you look at that? 
and lose hope or lose hope for the future on somebody or to look at someone and go, You'll, they'll, they'll always be like that. I don't know if you've ever said it or if you've heard people say, oh, they're a gossip or they're a this, they're a that. And they name something and you think, well, that's them as a person. That's what, they're, that's what we say when we say those things. Does that mean they're always going to do that? Jesus said in Matthew 7, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. There's a massive power in what he said there because what he's saying is when we judge, we squash people down. When we judge, we put limits on what people can do. When we judge, we put a ceiling on people. And so he doesn't live his life like that. He lives his life looking at people's potential. He lives his life looking at people's lives through eyes of faith, not judging them for their past, but looking at their future. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's absolutely crucial that we see through his eyes. He didn't focus on Zacchaeus' past. He focused on his potential. He focused on his future. He didn't judge him for his faults. He didn't judge him for the things that had gone on in the past. He believed in a glorious future for this man. He looked at him and said, it's going to be good. It's going to be good because I'm going to get on the inside of your life and I'm going to change it around. I'm going to make it good. Because when Jesus gets on the inside of people, truly changes people and transforms them into something amazing. A life filled with Jesus can only ever be a life that goes up. Does that make sense? Yeah? It's going to be a good future if Jesus is on the inside of this man. And so that's what he does. And as he does, he, he brings him into a place of repentance. He brings him into a place of salvation. And this wasn't just good news for, for Zacchaeus. It was also great news for those in Jericho who weren't getting fleeced for all of their cash anymore. Yes? He was going to play it by the book this time if he was going to play it at all anymore. They certainly got a much fairer deal. Seeing people through the eyes of faith, seeing people through the eyes of what is poten their potential, their, maybe I should say their God-given potential, their God-filled potential, with Jesus on the inside of them, seeing that helps us, therefore, to see what is possible for every single person. Does that make sense to you? Everyone in this room, filled with Jesus. Think about the difference that that makes when you look around to the people. If we see people like that, we see people's lives take off. If we see people like that, we see people transform to another level. If we see people filled with Jesus, filled with his wisdom, filled with his power, filled with his spirit, filled with his life, then we see them in a completely different context. If all we're doing is going, well, they do that wrong, they do that wrong, they do that wrong, they stay at that level. If we look at someone and we say, but they could do this, they could go much higher, they could achieve so much more, they could be in such a greater place because Jesus is on the inside of them and I'm going to believe that they're going to get into a better place. I'm going to believe that they are going to be drawn closer to Jesus. I'm going to believe that Jesus is going to transform them into something more like him. And all of a sudden, the ceiling is lifted. Is that making sense? And don't you want to see the ceiling lifted off your friends, off your families, off the people around you? That's the whole point of this. Let's lift the ceiling and let's start believing in the fact that Jesus can move in people's lives and take them from where they are right now into something far, far better. Yes? Come on! Let's have an amen on that. That's good, isn't it?
Yeah, because Jesus can do that. Jesus can change people. He can transform people. Whether they're saved or not right now, you can see them as saved. You can see them as, as born again in this church or in a church that's close by, worshipping and praising his name and seeing the lost saved. You know, you, that's, see that as possible because that's how Jesus is. That's how powerful he is. That's how strong he is. That's what he can do. That's how amazing Jesus is. And the more we see that on the inside of people and stop thinking, oh, well, it's always going to be like that. It doesn't have to be always like that. It doesn't have to be how it always was in the past because there's a future that Jesus has for each and every one of you. He has a plan and a hope for you and for you and for you and for you. He has a plan and a hope for every single one of you. Yes? And for all of the people that you know. And for all of the people that you're coming to contact with, he has a plan and a hope for every single one of them to change them and to make them into something more and more beautiful by every single day. Be aware of that. Right, I've gone off the track completely. I apologize. Um, so how? How does this happen? What do we, what's our role in this? It's very easy to go, well, yes, that's, that's all fine. Jesus transformed the world by how he saw. Okay? So this is the crucial part of all of this preach. He transformed the world by how he saw people. Yeah, that was the very beginning. I know he did lots of miracles. I know he did lots of other things. But he transformed first, if you bring it all the way back, how he, was, how he saw. He saw through eyes of love, and he saw through eyes of faith. And he invites us to do the same. This is the big invitation now. See the way Jesus sees. So how do we do this? And I'm going to bring us back to something I said a few weeks ago. We do this by resting in Jesus. We do this by spending time enjoying him, enjoying his presence, enjoying his love, enjoying his spirit, allowing him to soak you in more and more and more. We have to come back to relationship with Jesus before we can do anything. And the more we come back to that resting in him and abiding in him and soaking in him and just letting him flood us from the inside out, the more we will see lots of things happen. Now, I've done a slide there which gives you a couple of things of what resting in Jesus does. There's a whole load of them, but this is where we're focusing on with the preach. But the more we rest in Jesus, the more, as I said last week, we know we're loved the more we can be secure that we're loved, the more we can know that. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. Yeah? So that's why we can see others as valued and loved out. We can do that because we know we're loved. You can't really love out until you know you're loved by God. Yeah? We're not with God's love anyway. You with me? So that's really, really, really the, the, the big part of it, we have to start at rest. Everything in Christianity starts with resting. Everything starts with you stopping and resting. You can't do anything by just, God, I'm going to run off now and do it. Rest, stop, spend time with him again and just allow him in, allow him in and let him minister to you, minister to you and let him then from the overflow of what's in your heart minister out to the people. Making sense? So that's compassion. And then the other side, Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Okay? So that's another part. It's, we become more and more strengthened in faith as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Or if you want a story, it was what uh, we were singing about earlier on, where Peter was fixing his eyes on Jesus to walk on water. 
Okay? The more we fix our eyes on Jesus, the more we're spending time in him, the more we're with him, the more our faith is being strengthened. And the more our faith is strengthened, the more you can believe in a bigger and a brighter future, not just for yourself, but for people around you. Yeah? For your families again. For the people that you want to see saved. For the people that you want to see walking with God. For the people that are important in your life. Yes? All right? So it starts back with, Jesus, help me. It starts back with just, uh, I need you to feel for me again. I need you to, to soak. I need to soak in you again. And the more we do that, the more we will see that our families, our friends, our neighbors are changed from the inside out. Yeah? Because you can't do this job without love and you can't do this job without faith. You need both working together, hand in hand. It's really, really, really important. We can't go out on our own strength and change the world. It's not going to happen. So consider someone you know. Consider many people you know right now who, whose life needs the love and the power of Jesus to transform it. Okay? I'm sure you can think of somebody at least. Yeah? Okay? Can Jesus do that? Can Jesus transform that person's life? Yes, he can. That's the right answer if you were not sure. That's the right answer. Yes, he can. All right? Hold fast to that hope and never, ever, ever let go of it. Jesus is the answer to that person's life. He's the answer to that person's life being transformed and going up and being made more and more into his own image. Okay. What time is it? Practical application time. So I've given you that one, rest in Jesus. That's really important. And you will be tested on this. Um, very briefly, um, there is another little thing to mention in all of this, and I, I will finish on this. Um, Acts 3, verses 1 to 4, is Peter and Joseph. Peter has now spent a lot of time with Jesus. He spent three years with Jesus, and he's seen him ascended into heaven. And then they're going to the temple to pray. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man... Lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put aside, put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And I'm going to leave it there. Now, so far, that man's life from birth has been never changed. You with me? He's always been lame. It's been always the same, again and again and again. Every day he gets up, he's still, well, I don't know how lame he is, but he cannot get up. He is basically the situation of, this is always going to be my life, day in, day out. Peter and John would probably have walked past this man again and again and again as well. But this occasion, it says this, Peter and John looked at him intently. Now, if you actually dive down a little bit more on the Greek in that, it would mean more of a case of, Fix your eyes on again. It would be more like he noticed him. Does that make more sense? So it's like what I'm doing with Dean now. I'm noticing you. Yeah. I could just do this and fly by him, but now I'm noticing him. Okay? I'm looking at you intently. Okay? It's nice, isn't it? Probably not, no. <laughs> That's what's happening. Okay? So I notice. All right? Look at him intently. You don't see it much in the New Testament, uh, but it is in there on this occasion. What's going on? Why am I actually making a point of it? 
Peter allowed his day to be interrupted. All right? Because he was going to pray. He might have been late to pray. He might have been thinking, my word, better get in there fast. But actually, he allowed himself to be interrupted. He noticed somebody who needed him or needed God, more to the point. And just as he's seen Jesus model that time and time and time again throughout his three and a half year ministry, he allowed himself to be interrupted. He stops. He notices. He doesn't rush off. He doesn't move on. He sees the man and he has compassion on him. He sees the man and believes that this man has a better future with God doing something in him. Yeah? That's what takes place in this story. And as he does, the power of God transforms the man. And that, that was it. That was all that takes place in that there. It was not going to happen if he didn't notice him. All right? If he didn't notice him, he'd have walked by and that guy would have stayed lame. But as far as it happened, he saw him, he noticed him, and then he thought, well, compassion, faith, working together, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and so he does. Okay. Are we good? Can we do the same? Off we go. Let's try it this afternoon. But... What I do want us to do, what I really do want us to do, is believe for a bigger and a brighter future for people around us. I want us to see people beyond where they're at at the moment. Not to think that yesterday is going to be the same as today, but that tomorrow is going to be a brighter future. Yes? Yeah? Because that there is what is the future if you believe it. All right? What does Jesus want? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes? What does Jesus want in all of these things? So each day, let's just slow down a little bit. Each day, let's notice people as we go about our day. Each day, let's pause. And let us ask Jesus to help us see people the way he does. The more we do that, the more we'll transform our worlds around us. In schools or in work, or within your families, or within your neighbours, or whoever it is. Um, as I was preparing this, I really felt that God was saying that there's people, that there are people in the lives that we have that you've been waiting for a long time for breakthrough. It may be for yourself as well, but it, I think there's people that you've got that you're holding on to, you really are, that you know dearly, and you want to see a breakthrough in their lives, for healings, or for salvation, or for them to return to Jesus, or for them to be restored in whatever way it is, that you know people like that, okay? And we'll give an opportunity for prayer on that later. But Jesus is saying to you today, if that is you, Jesus is saying to you, do not lose hope, okay? Do not lose hope. To be encouraged, to let your faith be freshly ignited, for these people to come and to believe in me again, that's Jesus, for a breakthrough. Okay? Do not lose hope, because Jesus wants to move in their lives. All right.